Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, welcome into the Arrowhead Attic Chiefs postgame show. Patrick Allen along with Sterling Holmes celebrating the first Chiefs victory of the year. Just smashed the Arizona Cardinals on a preseason game. Kansas City 38, Arizona 10. And Sterling, I got to say my big takeaway from this game, and there's a lot of takeaways, but my big one, to borrow a phrase from you, is the Cardinals are two scoops of ass. (laughs) They're going to be bad. They're going to be really, like, their first unit was, like, respectable, you know? But, God, there is no depth on that team. Holy God, they got smoked. The Chiefs have nine wide receivers. They have nine offensive linemen. They have three quarterbacks I feel good about. And, yeah, okay, maybe a fourth. Looks like Tampa Bay should have kept Blaine Gabbert with what's going on down there in in Buccaneerland. Not looking good. Man, this Chiefs game was exactly what we wanted. A slight slow start that – resulted in the outcome we all expected so many glimpses from so many great players again take some of this with a uh, with a grain of salt we mentioned it it's the Arizona Cardinals and once their second third string guys go in it's a little reminiscent of about 10 years ago here in Kansas City if you can't make this Arizona Cardinals team well you're not making it in the NFL the Chiefs for example right now if Amir Smith-Marset gets cut the Bears the Commanders 28 other teams might be calling his name up because he's a legit NFL player who will be playing on Sunday. Uh, I'm just very impressed with the depth this Chiefs team has. Yeah, it's, it was real. This game, again, caveat, as we said, Arizona Cardinals are not deep. It, it just looked like the Chiefs could just do anything they wanted. It wasn't just the first team. I mean, we talked up Shane Bouchelle about at halftime how he went 10 for 10, 105, going for that backup quarterback role. Blaine Gabbert comes in and is like, all right, fine. How about seven of eight for 120 and two ties? <laughs> I mean, even uh, even this uh, Oladukun guy looked like Patrick Mahomes out there for a minute, running around four or five, 63 yards. I'm with you on Amir Smith-Marset. I, they've got him down here at the end for four for 92. It felt like more than that. Didn't it feel like more than that to you? I thought he went for over 100. Yeah, I, he, he had that one that was brought back. That's, on that's on, on yeah. the uh, illegal man downfield. But, man, this is fun. Yeah. Again, the Chiefs are so deep. We've talked so much about the loss of Tyree Kill the year before. Remember, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year, and the talk in the preseason was, well, the Chiefs were the only team in the AFC West to get worse. Uh, yep. No, they didn't. They did not get worse. Now, this offseason was, well, now they have no legitimately proven wide receiver one on this team with Juju now in New England. Hey, hold my beer, hold my bourbon. It's going to be okay. The Chiefs have a plethora of talent. I mean, give the coaching staff a ton of credit. Give Mahomes and, and Andy a ton of credit. But give Brett Veach a ton of credit as well. He obviously can identify what will work in this system, what will work, the skills to identify. It's very, very impressive. It really is, and it, it, it's a hats off to the whole scouting department, all the people who are working to 
try to find value in undrafted free agents to bring in quality people to compete. And that's, you know, it says a lot for a team like the Chiefs that only has a handful of roster spots up for grabs every year because they're so good that you've got these guys coming in. And what a showcase. I mean, this guy, Ty Freifogel, I don't even know who that is. And he had a catch for 28 yards in this game. I seriously have never heard that that name, and I covered the Chiefs. It's really exciting. And Michael Piran, six carries, 41 yards. Dude, can, can we talk about it? Can we talk about it? I don't know if there's an elephant in the room, but maybe like a smaller animal, uh, okay. an antelope in the room potentially. I'm not saying Daenerys Prince isn't making this team, but – is LaMichael P. Ryan starting to get ahead of him? Is it starting to even out? Is game three of the preseason actually going to matter between these two guys? I want to keep this positive, but I also want to talk about some of the more interesting storylines. And I think one of the storylines is the backup or fourth running back spot in this team. If they don't trust in Eric Prince as the kick returner, LaMichael P. Ryan, he, he's pretty good in pass pro. He's been damn consistent. Is P. Ryan actually making a case of making the Chiefs roster? Yeah, I mean, I think... They're probably neck and neck, right? The, 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 Daneric Prince was getting a lot of run early in camp. And then the, in the, over the last week of camp, you started hearing more about Piran. And I talked about this on the pre-show. Look, they probably want to get a look at him. I expected him to get a little bit more run. At the end, he, I don't know how the snap counts broke down. We'll have to look at that later when that information comes out. In the end, they both had six carries. Piran performed better. He is, by the way, the I believe the cousin of... Samaje P. Ryan. Did you know that? The P. I did Ryan. Not. But, famous... but I figured P. Ryan's not that common of a last name. There yeah. had to be some sort of uh, distant relation, at least. Yeah, the P. Ryan, P. Ryan football family. Yeah, so I mean, that it'll be interesting to see how the Chiefs play it next week. If Andy does his typical starters go into the third quarter, because if he does do that, you know, get, get some of those reps of the, the halftime break and coming back out. If you're on the roster bubble, you're getting nervous, right? Because you know there's not a lot like there's not a lot more time to get out there and show your stuff. So yeah, I, P. Ryan and Eric Prince, that one may already be decided at this point. Um, it might just be all for show. I will also say we have a lot of shows coming up this week as well. We can't get into everything in this little post-game show. If you want to get more into what we're going to talk about, make sure you hit the like, make sure you subscribe, make sure you follow us for the week, because I want to talk about potentially are the Chiefs going to keep five linebackers because the four linebackers we know looked very, very good. I mentioned in the halftime show, Willie Gay Jr. not only identifying the screenplay early on, identifying plays last year was a little bit of a struggle for him, but shedding that block and making the tackle you see the versatility of drew tranquil he is the green dot on the uh secondary piece when nick bolton comes out he's the green dot on the linebacker core not only that he's going to fill in at each different spot so you're gonna see a lot of drew uh, tranquil this year you'll see more leo chanel as well but jack conkren jack christensen those are two guys that have a legit ch- chance of making this roster as well to the Chiefs keep five so i might take a little deeper dive later on this week with those guys but man it's hard not to be thrilled with what the Chiefs have, not just with the top end guys, but with the second and third string players as well. Yeah, Cochran had a, a tackle for a loss. I, they really like rotating. I mean, if you watched that first team like on offense with the receivers, they were run. You'd see Rice, Rice is in, and then he's coming out, and Sky Moore is coming in, and MVS, and they really like to switch up their packages on both sides of the ball. And I think teams are getting a little bit smarter about some of this stuff, right? They're thinking 
a little bit more strategically than they used to where it was kind of like, okay, well, this guy, he's our, he's our starting linebacker. But these are the three, and they play every snap, and they're out there every down. They're doing Teams are doing it with pass rushers. They're bringing in these different packages, looking for mismatches, but also bringing in fresh bodies. And I think that that's where you see a major benefit if you have a team that is deep like the Chiefs. You can't do that if you're the Arizona Cardinals. You need to have your best players out there all the time. Um, but I think the Chiefs have a philosophy, and we see it kind of in their contract negotiations too, of like the, the team is greater than, than the individuals, right? And if they have a lot of really good, solid players, they don't need a million stars all over the place. You see a lot of teams go chasing stars. We got to get this star and this star. And, and, and how many of them are winning the Super Bowl, though? You know, it's the Chiefs. Uh, I also say thank you. Just a guy, Cole Christensen. Cole Christensen. I apologize. I think I said Zach or Jack. It's Cole. Cole Christensen. So thank you. Uh, and by the way, I see you guys in the chat. This is just a uh, bourbon on the rocks. That's uh, a nice little thick ice cube in the middle. Uh, it's actually the, the people who brought the ammunition bourbon, uh, that bourbon to our yeah. live show that we did. This yeah. is the very, very last drop. I, would, oh. I save it for special chiefs occasions. Whenever I think yeah. something good happens, I bust out the ammunition. So again, more of that. It's shout so good. out to the people who brought us the ammunition bourbon. That is very, very good. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, speaking of ammunition, Chiefs have a plethora of it on the offensive line. We talked about Wanye Morris. We saw him last week a lot at right tackle. This week we saw him a lot at left tackle in the second half. I think the offensive line as a whole did a phenomenal job, both when Patrick was in the game and even when the backups came in. What was your takeaway as a whole from the O-line, and how do you think it shakes down with Wanye Morris being both that swing tackle, that Looks like he could be. Yeah, I think I think they're looking pretty good. There were no major red flags. There were some breakdowns, you know, a little bit in the first early in the game with Mahomes. Nothing terrible, you know. He holds on the ball a little bit uh, and likes to move around back there and make things happen. But you didn't. I didn't see guys getting blown off the line or anything like that. So that's where you really benefit from going back and watching the tape. But I think this is a deep group. If we when we talked about it all off season, we were like, well, what's the deal with? You know, with Donovan Smith and, and John Taylor, like, how are they going to work out? What if they don't work out? Well, look, so far, they look solid. And if they're solid, now all of a sudden you look at this offensive line and you're like, boy, these guys are deep. You know, these guys are really deep. You got Wanya Morris back there. I'm excited. Uh, we got a super chat, by the way. Shout out to, to Derek Watson. He says, uh, is there a back a backpack quarterback controversy now? <laughs> I probably got auto-corrected there. 
I like backpack quarterback backpack as a new backup quarterback, quarterback yeah. nomaker. Yeah. I, I'm a fan. You know what, Derek? You started this backpack quarterback. I it's love it. Thing. Backpack quarterback controversy. What do you think, Sterling? Is it is it Bouchelle? Is it Gabbert? They both look really capable tonight. I'm going to go ahead and lay this out again for everyone who missed the halftime show, who's not had a chance to really dive into this rule yet. So everyone's going to probably say, well, you can keep all three. Well, you can. All three still count against the 53-man roster, okay? All three still count against the 53. The difference is now on the game day roster, which is 46, that third quarterback you can now have does not take up a game day roster spot. That is the difference. So you still have to have them on the 53. The Chiefs could choose to only keep two quarterbacks if they're trying to fe- keep you know seven wide receivers and four tight ends. Now, maybe they save a, they shave a spot off somewhere else. We will find that out as we come down to, I think it's nine days away from when they cut down from 90 to the 53. I think all three make it. I will say that, but I almost think Gabbert still has the edge, whether we want that to be the case or not. I'm going with what Andy Reid has traditionally gone with, which is the veteran quarterback, the the guy he thinks that won't make a mistake in a moment. He can coach that up. That's the way I'm leaning right now is Gabbert probably still has the leading edge. Yeah, he does. He's looked well in the preseason. And I mean, ideally, it's we said this, I think, at halftime. Ideally, it's it's Bouchelle. He's younger, probably a little bit more athletic at this point. He, you know, he's he's your he could be your backup quarterback of the future. And there's a reason why the Chiefs have been hanging on to him, but he's never played in a in a regular season NFL game. Blaine Gabbert has. Blaine Gabbert has ton of a ton of experience. So this is a veteran coaching staff that tends to lean towards trusting the veterans. I think if they needed a spot duty or something like that, they're probably going to go with Blaine Gabbert. Keep Bouchelle around another year if they can, you know, and uh, his contract's got to be coming up at some point. Um, but keep him around and, and then put him in. If there were a long period of time where they needed a backup starter, maybe they go with Bouchelle if they think he can do more. Yeah, I, I like the question or kind of a rhetorical from Rhett says, why would you keep Bouchelle this long if he's not going to be your backup? Man, I've been saying that last year as well. Right. I, I've said it a couple of years now. It's just not the way Andy rolls. Whatever we think we want or whatever whatever we uh, hope is going to happen. Again, you see what happened in New England with Jimmy G, that unknown, that tantalizing talent of he's behind Tom Brady. He has Bill Belichick. There, You have the same sort of phenomenon with Mahomes and with Andy Reid. You think you could get some draft capital that came down to it from Shane Bouchelle. Uh, again, you see what he does in the preseason. It's a preseason game. It's not a regular season NFL game. I understand that. But you still have all of those pieces right when 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 Sean McVay was a head coach and if anyone touched Sean McVay one time and it meeting you got a head coaching job the same thing would have to imagine be with Mahomes and Andy Reid that's not the way they go I will say I'm happy either way I feel comfortable either way they're just both very different style of quarterbacks yeah absolutely Mike Mike Brennan asks in the chat when is Connor stealing the starting safety role um, you know, I wouldn't hold your breath. He, he, he was starting to, today. He he was the in the three safety sets. Yeah, in yeah. the three safety sets, he is a starter, and we know how much the Chiefs use that three safety package. So if you consider that a starter, right, you're going to see a lot of Chamari Connor. Yeah, and 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 that's kind of what I was getting to. I I don't think it's necessarily about him you know, being number one on the depth chart. I think he'll play get opportunities they go with these you know multiple db sets all the time get worked in if he's playing well 
we and we've seen this in the past with guys that snap count will start to increase that that's something you want to watch people tweet it out every monday on on twitter is the chief snap counts for every week because it's difficult to tell what's going on. So always be on the lookout for that. And then you can kind of see if somebody's starting to trend in the right direction. The Chiefs want to get them out there more. But they usually, and they did this last year with with some of their rookies too, they kind of start them out on and then lean on the veterans early. And if they're coming along, then they'll start putting them in there more and more as they as they become veterans themselves as the season goes on. Jeff Gibbs says he's obviously way better than Gabbert today on Bouchelle. I don't know, man. I don't know that there's like a massive gap between those guys based on what I've seen in the preseason. What, what do you think, Starley? I, I think Bouchelle's more fun. I think he makes the more sure. splash plays. Yeah. I will say this with Gabbert. The arm strength is still there. I mean, he had a incredible – he had a cannon coming out of Mizzou. That was his calling card. He still has that strong arm. The accuracy at times still has been an issue. It's plagued him uh, a little bit at Mizzou, and it plagued him obviously in his time in the NFL – you see it here and there. I don't know that Justin Ross, it's so easy to blame Blaine Gabbard on that throw to the back of the end zone because Justin Ross was wide open. Justin Ross also got turned around a little bit there. Who knows if that was supposed to be back pylon and Justin Ross went towards the corner. We don't know. I'm not saying Blaine Gabbard is not a fault. I'm just saying we truthfully won't know because what we see on TV is a wide open wide receiver. The fact of the matter is he throws that ball well before Justin Ross even goes into that that final turn in his route. So it's a little different there. I do like this comment we see down here from Woozy Guy. Says, I think he gets poached if he goes to a practice squad. I'm sure the teams can improve that spot on their team with Bouchelle. That actually happened last year. The Chiefs had Bouchelle in the practice squad. Believe it or not, it was actually Arizona. Arizona tried to poach Shane Bouchelle, and that's why the Chiefs had to add them to their active roster last year. So, yes, he would 100% get poached if he were to be put on the practice squad. Yeah, most certainly. He's shown enough, I think, at this point, especially after this preseason. This is this has been his best exhibition since he's been in Kansas City. So uh, it's it's kind of shit or get off the pot for the Chiefs. If, if they put him on the practice squad, they might as well just cut him. He's gone. So we'll see. I I think I think it's smart to keep three quarterbacks. Look what happened to San Francisco last year. Just an absolute disaster. Keep those three quarterbacks. It's the most important position. You don't ever want to be in that position where you're playing Shane Bouchelle or Blaine Gabbert, but – it's good to have some guys back there that can help you win games. And we know Andy Reid is good. Yo, Conway Liddy, great name. Conway Liddy, Conway Twitty parody, that's outstanding. Uh, great name. He says, any thoughts on the starting D-line performance minus Chris Jones so far? Patrick, I'll let you go first here. Yeah, um, you know, I didn't see anything I loved tonight from the defensive line. There was some pocket collapsing early. Um, I saw George Karloftis collapsing the pocket. I thought it, I saw a couple of nice rushes from FAU, but he was slipping a lot in that field. He seems to have a move. I didn't watch him a lot in college, but he seems to have one of those, uh, you know, sort of bendy moves where he, where he come, kind of comes around the edge like one of those, you know, sports motorcycles where the guy's like really low to the ground. And uh, that field was not doing him any favors with a, a pass rush move like that. But it's just hard to evaluate in these types of situations because the defenses are vanilla. So you just got to kind of look at them and be like, all right, like one-on-one, our guys winning. And I thought it was fine. I thought they looked fine. Um, nothing, Nobody really jumped out at me, but I didn't think they were getting gashed up all over the place either. I would push back a little bit on the vanilla point. 
Spags drew up so many design blitzes. I almost want to see less of that. I know Spags can get pressure with design blitzes, but I want to know if that's a case of he doesn't think he can get it with his front four, or if that's just because Spags is trying to see what he can do in the preseason to see if it carries over to the regular season. Now I get he's not going to show his hand now. Some of the exotic blitzes he shows in the preseason are from last year. They're, they're going to have some new ones drawn up this year. He wants to see what Drew Tranquil can do. He wants to see what Shamari Connor will do. Both those guys came on design blitzes at multiple points this game. But I want to see when it's just four versus the offensive line, can FAU get pressure? Can Karloftis get pressure? Can Derek Nottie step up? We didn't see much Keandre Coburn. I don't want to say disappointed because I always had pumped the brakes when it comes to training camp and people were saying, well, there's no hype coming around this defensive line. You don't see training camp hype about defense eleven very often. It's always about wide receivers. It's about cornerbacks. It's about the position players, the skill players. Yeah, you don't see those. I mean, they're running drills and, and stuff like that. But you're right. It's all about, oh, look at this crazy catch that this guy made, the quarterbacks, those types of things. You don't even really hear too much about running backs in the in the preseason. Maybe if they make a nice catch out of the backfield. And that's just stuff it's harder to evaluate until you get into an actual game. And you're right. They did send blitzes tonight. I didn't see them doing that doesn't mean it didn't happen, but I didn't see them doing a lot of, you know, like stunts and crazy things like that. Just pretty much straight ahead. Look, the Cardinals, we got to judge it on the whole here. They they rush for 102 yards on 27 carries, 3.8 average. So if you're thinking about the run defense through and through everybody who played, you'll take that any day. Um, and they gave up 10 points over the course of the whole entire evening and uh, nothing to the starters. So after last week where, the Saints, who are admittedly a much, much better team, went right down the field on them. Okay, all right, not too bad. That's a step in the right direction. That's really all you can ask for at this point. I, I will say, just kind of in totality with the defensive line before we move on, I am a little concerned about Chris Jones. If he's not there, I think he's going to be there, man. I, I Truthfully, he's under contract. He's not going to miss out on twenty plus million dollars. That's 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 not a good move. You don't you don't want to sit out a year and then hit free agency as a thirty year old. His value has never been higher. Coming off of the best season he's ever had, top three DPOI. Like this is his time. If he waits a year and tries to hold out, he loses so much leverage. Not only that, if they wanted to play hardball, if the Chiefs wanted to play hardball, they could say, you know what? All right, pal, you're under contract, and we will franchise tag you. So that's not going to happen. But I will say, without Chris Jones, there is a void. There is a massive void. You can tell this defense is built around him. Yeah. He's that much of a game changer. I know he's going to be there week one. Like, like I, I feel it in, the, in my heart of hearts. He's going to be there week one. But how effective will he be? How many snaps will he play? That's what it comes down to. He would lose too much money. Like, it doesn't – him sitting out – is in would be in, at his age in particular would be insane. He's still got a couple of really good years of elite play left. If they're offering him 28, which has been reported, and he's asking for 31 a year, sitting out, you might as well just take the contract, yeah. right? Like, because you're going to lose the money that even if even if they caved and gave you the money, you know, it's like uh, Saquon Barkley, different position, obviously, but like Saquon. He was reportedly offered way more money with a couple of years and then said no. And now he's playing on less money on a one year deal. Like sometimes you try so hard to get this, but he does not have as much leverage again as I think he has. Yeah. I mean, look, the deck stacked against players like their own union negotiated this stuff. It is what it is. The, you know, with the salary cap and the franchise tag, 
it's just not it's not set up for guys to just get probably what the market would pay them if the situations were a, a little bit different. But it is what it is. I'm sure they get some other benefits that the union negotiated for and they had to give some concessions. And these are these are things the teams want. The teams don't want they want to lower the risk. They don't want to pay guys who aren't on the field or are getting over the hill and those types of things. So I'm with you, man. Like I, he'll be back. He might be back this week. Training camp's over, you know, <laughs> Like he he might be back this week. I don't know if we'll have that new deal, but he might be back and like, we'll see. Maybe he just plays it out. And then we're just, then we get to go through all this drama again in the off season. I I was there for the final day of training camp and you can tell some of those guys, not all, but some of those guys, that's a long time up there at St. Joe. And they got out of there very, very quick. If you've been there for a few times at St. Joe, I can understand a player saying, you know what? It's a hundred degrees. I want to see my family. I want to hang out. I don't want to be there. Been in a dorm room for a month. Yeah. One thing I want to bring up, it hasn't really been talked about a lot, tight ends. You know, with Mm -hmm. Jody Fortson placed on the IR, and he cannot come back this year. If you're placed on the uh, IR before August 30th, before August 30th, you're done for the year. Can't come back. There's no four-game, eight-game, whatever it is. He's done for the year. So that leaves Travis Kelsey, Noah Gray, Blake Bell, and then Matt Bushman. Um, Kendall Blanton, do they keep three? Do they go four? What do you make of this tight end situation now with Jody Fortson done for the season? I I think it's good news for Matt Bushman, and it might even be good news for 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 Kendall Blanton because you know the Chiefs don't they're not carrying a fullback anymore, so they're not going to put Kelsey back there to block. I'm playing Madden. They got McKinnon playing fullback. He's a great blocker, but I don't think that's who you want running in there uh, as your fullback. So I, I think given that injury, there's a good chance. It's it's probably really good news for Blake Bell that, they're, you know, with, with Fortson out of the picture. So I, I think Bushman's got a shot. He had a couple catches tonight. What was it? I'm trying to find it. Was it two? Two catches for 30 yards, something like that? Yeah, two catches for 30 yards. So targeted twice. It depends on what they're seeing in camp, though. It's hard. It's hard for us to predict. But I think, as far as you know, you know your your locks in in Kelsey and Gray and probably Bell, and then maybe I think I think they keep four. So I'm going to go with Bushman right now. Yeah, I, I think they keep four as well. I, I'm imagining it's Bushman, but I'm not going to completely count out Kendall Blanton yet. Not quite yet. I see Richie Meyer says the bell dozer is fullback one. You would think so, but we've heard a lot from Andy and just in general from the Chiefs that Noah Gray has been getting some run at fullback. So I wonder if Noah Gray, how much we'll see him lined up in the backfield. I don't know. Again, it comes down to as Tunks instead. I think the camera wide receivers and tight ends, you know, if, you, if they can't find a way to keep seven wide receivers and four tight ends, I think they do cut away one of the tight ends. The Chiefs are known for keeping talent over positional value, right? Last year, the the Chiefs actually kept five running backs on this team. That was what it came down to. That's what they valued. You know, last year, they only had four linebackers. Well, they valued someone else in a different position. They don't necessarily care as long as they they feel comfortable there. They they had 10 defense alignment last year. They might only keep nine this year. Yeah, it's not over. You, You mentioned it. Right. Ronald Jones, he he got that slot on the team last year in the last preseason game. He got more run than he had gotten all preseason. And I think I, there was actually a quote from Brett Veach or something along the lines of like, oh, yeah, like, you know, you kind of got reminded like that R- Ronald Jones can play like he runs hard. They never really used him, but they saw what he could do. And he was a veteran and they they wanted the depth, I guess. So they kept him on board. So, look, I think it's going to be tough with these receivers 
to put anybody on the practice squad and and expect that they're going to stay there because um, there's some bad teams out there and people that need help with receivers. So, you know, maybe maybe a, a Smith-Marset, like he's just showing you something. Maybe you put him on there and, and he doesn't get poached. Maybe. Dog, he's getting poached. Not only that, not only is he a solid wide receiver, he is a good punt returner as well. Yeah. Throughout training camp, it has been him – Richie James and Nico Remigio. Well, with Nico Remigio's injury, it's been Amir Smith Marset and Richie James. By the way, Richie James is a smooth operator back there. When he caught that punt, you're just like, Willie Mays? Like, he makes it look so easy. I love watching Richie James. Yeah. That dude is smooth. He did a nice job in, uh, on the kick return, too. Or, or no, it was one of the punts that he didn't catch. He let it bounce inside the five and squared up and took on a, a blocker that was screaming down the field, trying to protect that punt, hoping it would go into the end zone. Didn't end up working out. But that those little things, man, Steve Spagnuolo, like you're trying to make the team, and he's sitting there, and he's like, dude's doing the right things. A lot of guys in that situation, they just get the hell out of the way, you know? Yeah. And, and they're like, it's going to go in the end zone, and they don't, they don't take on the contact, especially in a preseason game. You mentioned some of the talented people that the Chiefs haven't been able to keep. Do you know who the leading receiver was for the Chicago Bears today in their preseason game against the Colts? Oh, uh, K-Stater, former K-Stater, six-round pick. Uh... No, he played Northern Iowa. Oh, then no, it's not. The, you, you know, Byron Pringle, that's what I was thinking of. You were thinking of Pringle. No, Darius Fountain, five receptions, 86 yards, and a tutty on six mm. uh, on six targets. So he's a guy we all liked trying to trying to make the team over there in, in Chicago. Well, Darius Fountain also would have made so much in the hype around him in training camp, always in Kansas City, was through the roof. But the T-shirts that could have been made. Yeah. I mean, the city of fountains and just yeah. his face would have been outstanding. Yeah. Well, they, you know, they've got Ryan Poles is over there. So that is, as is custom in the NFL, there's former chiefs start to appear when you've got a former chiefs person over there and Doris fountain making, you know, they're not, it's not like they're crazy deep at receiver out there in Chicago. So, or out here in Chicago. Um, so good for Doris fountain. I hope he, I hope he makes the team and gets, uh, gets another shot over there. He's been through a lot. Uh, any other takeaways from this game, Sterling? Any other questions you want to answer from the chat? I, I like how Luke said impressed with Chamari Connor. We talked about it briefly. Chamari Connor was outstanding. I, I guess just a, a couple of like overarching takeaways here. Some tough decisions for the 53 are going to be made. Um, I, I will point out I'm still slightly concerned, a little bit, just slightly with the slow start again. We saw that a lot last year. Obviously, didn't matter. Chiefs still won the Super Bowl. Not a huge deal. But those slow starts still got me at least a little bit worried, especially with not knowing with the Chris Jones situation. I'm talking week one against the Lions. The Lions were top five in so many different categories offensively last year, top five in DVOA offensively, yards per game, points per game. The Chiefs have to be on their game. All right. I know it's the, the banner ceremony and all this stuff. Don't let that distract you from a good offensive team, an underrated team in the Lions. That's one of my overarching takeaways is starting quicker, starting faster, being more prepared. I trust Andy, but still, we've seen too many slow starts already this preseason. Yeah, working in some new personnel on offense, you're hoping that it doesn't lead to an L that shouldn't be an L early in the season because you'd like to see these guys get off to a hot start and grab that number one seed. By the way, for those who might be interested, Denver – had a preseason game today. Uh, our old pal, Russell Wilson, stat line from that game, 
getting back into sh- back into game shape there. Three for six for 24 yards from old Russ. He did run three times, 25 yards, but Jared Stidham, 12 of 17 for 130 yards. Can, 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 we, can we talk about the fact that Sean Payton just completely shit on Nathaniel Hackett saying, do you really think Russell Wilson will have fallen off that bad if the coaching was a disaster last year? And yeah. he was talking about how he was going to bring Russell Wilson back to what he was in Seattle, and this is what it is? Hey, yeah. Sean Payton. How's that egg, pal? Yeah, man. It's not. By the way, they lost. Somebody pointed this out in the chat. They lost to this Cardinals team last week as well, where Russell Wilson looked bad and was funny enough. He was seven of seven of 13 for 93 yards and a touchdown. Did not look good. Had some atrocious throws in that game. So he actually played less in this preseason game than he did in the first, which is not typical. But maybe Sean Payton just couldn't take it anymore <laughs> when he got out there. I don't know what's going on over there. The Chiefs have backup quarterback battles. The Broncos have QB1 battles. And one of those dudes is getting play- paid 40-plus mil a year. Yeah. I hope they're, I hope they're a disaster. I would, I would enjoy the season a little bit more if the Broncos are just once again terrible after they you – know, they, they, they traded a first-round pick for Sean Payton, right? Oh yeah, yeah. The old the old first round pick for a head coach, for a head coach, for a, head for a guy coach. who was a guy who was as many Super Bowls. Yeah, Mike McCarthy. Right, and he had Drew Brees all the time. You know, I always want, I I always want to laugh at the Broncos like for that and can and make fun of them. But then I always remember that we once traded a fourth round pick for Herm Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> at least it wasn't a first, but ooh, that was a mistake. Why did we do that? Yikes! Yikes! Uh, yeah. Uh, Patrick, I got to stop you one second. I don't know if it's you or if it's me, but uh, is your favorite band Sticks? And is your favorite song Mr. Roboto? Because you got a little robotic thing going on with you right now. Internet dropped out for a little bit. The signal was low. Am I back? Oh, you're back, baby. That's good. I'm back, baby. I think that's. I think that's the universe telling us there's only so much we can break down from a preseason game. So why don't we wrap this thing up? We're going to be back next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, breaking down. We'll get a look at the All-22 film when it comes out, uh, and, and we're, going to, we're going to get ready. One more game, one more preseason game next Saturday. Cuts are coming. We're almost there, Sterling. Oh, man, I can't wait. I can't wait. couple weeks till real, real, real games to the Chiefs are in Arrowhead kicking some lion ass until Dan Campbell better watch out for your kneecaps, pal. It's coming. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Thank you, everybody. Uh, Make sure that if you're not subscribed to the Arrowhead Addict YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Now, if you're interested in becoming a member, check out the link in the description. We've got a great membership program. It's a way for you to support the content that we're going to be bringing you all season long three shows during the week, pregame shows, halftime shows, postgame shows like this. They'll be longer. There'll be more people involved. Uh, We're really excited with what we've got planned for you this year. Um, So make sure you find a way to support the show and at least subscribe. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. For producer Richard, for Sterling Holmes, my name is Patrick Allen. We'll see you next week. But as always, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs.